Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Joe Biden has a plan on immigration. Uh, no, he doesn't. He really uh, doesn't. But he wants you to believe he has a plan. And the plan is tell Texas that there's nothing they can do about the immigration issue. They just have to keep everyone there. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. The LA Times with the scoop. And it's important to give credit where it's due. They cite three U.S. officials saying that the, what the Biden administration is looking to do, if you're crossing uh, the border illegally, you have to be in Texas while you await screening. If you cross in Texas, you have to stay. Translation, we're sick and tired of Governor Greg Abbott busing people to New York, busing people to L.A., busing people other places, and exposing exactly how awful the border situation is. He has to deal with all of it. That's the end. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Uh, Abbott's like, uh, you ain't seen nothing yet if you think I'm going to buy into this. According to Abbott, this scam was tried years ago and was shot down by a judge. We will send Biden the same swift justice. This is about New York being embarrassed by their sanctuary status nonsense. Los Angeles and San Francisco being embarrassed by their sanctuary status nonsense. And you know there are people right here in Indianapolis. Oh, they'd love to be a sanctuary city if they were allowed to do it. Oh, yeah. Because these people never, ever learn. Sometimes a policy is just a bad policy. And you're not decent for wanting it. You're really awful. Just like uh, the women of The View. How dare Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, be complaining about these immigrants? What happened to bring us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free? First of all, it's breathe free, not be free. Secondly, that's the new Colossus. It's the poem at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty. And third of all, poems are not policy. But don't tell that to the political left. They, uh, they don't get it. And wanting to bring in uh, legal immigrants, smart, valuable, worthy, and I'm a fan. People who cross illegally don't care about them at all. Don't care about people who don't care about the rules. And you shouldn't either. Now, uh, we have on the schedule Jefferson Shreve. Candidate for mayor, Republican candidate, scheduled to be with us. I, I think that's going to happen. We just It got set up, and then Jonathan's not here today, and so I'm not sure how it's going to go down. But it could be happening. Jefferson Shreve, Republican candidate for mayor of Indianapolis, with us next. So uh, tune in for that, won't you? Thank you. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. The race for mayor in Indianapolis is on. 
The question before us is, what does Indianapolis want? We've seen what comes from eight years of Governor uh, Joe Hogsett, who's running for a third term. We certainly saw in a primary that Jefferson Shreve, Republican candidate for mayor, was willing to put in the time, the dollars, and deliver a message. There's been a question about whether or not we've seen that in this general election, this election that takes place in November. But when it comes to differences, well, what are they exactly? What are the plans for our city? Tony Katz, good to be with you. Jefferson Shreve joins us right now, Republican candidate for mayor in Indianapolis. Shreve, S-H-R-E-V-E, shreveformayor.com. And, you know, uh, sir, it's good to speak to you. When, When you go to your website and you look at the issues, it makes a very interesting statement. Indianapolis used to be the jewel of the Midwest. We can do it again. What do you mean? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think Indy was better and stronger not a lifetime ago, but an administration ago. I mean, I was born in this city. Uh, I had my first job downtown in this city where there was an energy and a vibrancy and stuff going up. That's just different than it's been over the past uh, four or eight years. Um, I mean, I remember the excitement. Like going back in 12 when we landed the Super Bowl and in the, in the Ballard years, I am not talking about stepping back in a time machine, just an administration. In our downtown, our city, the palpable feel in terms of what people see when they wake up and turn on the news every day is different than what it was not too many years ago. When we talk about safety in, in, in the city, what you'll hear from uh, Team Hogsett is that, well, look at what's happening across the country. This is a real problem across the country, and this is all because of COVID. How do you respond? As an excuse. I mean, COVID's in our rearview window. Um, I mean, we just can't hang everything on COVID. We have 700 officers that we've brought on and 800 and some that we've, we've lost. Mayor Hogsett has fewer officers on the force today than when he came in on January 1st of 2016, and he promised he was going to add 150 then. And the problem, the challenge on the trajectory that we are on is going to get harder and harder. And, and what, what's the consequence of that, Tony? I, I mean, they're not even prosecuting or um, uh, pursuing auto thefts. Uh, they're talking about disbanding the, uh, the, the arson unit. We just swore in a new recruit class two weeks ago. We've gone down from, I think, 32 officers. We've already lost a third of them. I mean, we can't sustain this. Talking to Jefferson Shreve. He is the Republican candidate for mayor in Indianapolis. Shreve, S-H-R-E-V-E, ShreveforMayor.com. I was going through your website and something autoplayed. I apologize uh, for that. You have a series of things on, on under issues, and public safety is one of them. Uh, of course, I would be uh, foolish not to note that when you talked about uh, firearms and guns, um, you took a lot of flack and a lot of heat for a plan that was very much like 
like uh, Joe Hogsett's uh, plan regarding firearms and certainly the idea of creating legislation within the city that would, uh, in to many people, violate the Second Amendment uh, is, is not a, a valuable consideration. But when we look at public safety, what are the valuable considerations? Is it just about hiring more cops? Where's where is uh, issue number one for uh, a uh, Shreve administration day one? Issue number one is about leadership. Issue number one is about supporting the men and women on the force of the IMPD. It's not just about hiring more cops because the good ones are leaving us faster than we can hire. We got to retain the talent that we've got and then backfill the void, the deficit that this administration over nearly eight years has been unable to fill. We've got, we are authorized for 1,843 officers, and we're down around 1,500. Issue number one is providing the leadership and the support to the force that we've got so they, they don't keep heading for the door or the next county over. And you're somebody who's going to hire a public safety director as opposed to being your own, as Joe Hogsett has done for the last eight years? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, a, that, that's a proven model. I mean, I, look, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a former cop. I'm not a former firefighter. Uh, I don't hold myself out as the expert there. I'm the executive. I mean, I've got the managerial experience, and my aim is to stand up the team of talent that executive talent that can get it done on all fronts. But the most important hire, day one, and on day one is November 8th, not January 1st, is that that public safety director that brings that experience. So I can say to he or she, here's the target set. we got to start moving this county into quarter by quarter by quarter. Homicide rates down, down, down. Solve rates on homicides, up, up, up staffing counts to this point, to that point, to that point. So then we can start focusing on the the nonviolent crimes, the property level crimes, the auto thefts investigations, the broken window theory of policing. That isn't a theory. It plays right through to the quality of life here in Marion County that at the moment is driving good people away, <laughs> I think like you, up to Hamilton County. Uh, you talk about managerial experience. Uh, br- break it down for me. I don't know if people know uh, your history in business. Give me, give me the uh, the elevator pitch. I started a company right out of college. Oh, I had I had uh, a little bit of work experience for a shopping center developer in Indy when I was in college. But I started a business uh, ground up. Started really small. Grew it into the largest self storage company headquartered in Indiana traded it into the largest self-storage company in the world. I'm still a shareholder and on their board of directors. But what you learn from that is that it takes a team to build an organization that today is in the S&P 500. It takes talent. And the success of my mayoralty will be a function of the talent that I can attract to the 25th floor and to run the key departments of this city. I can't do it alone. Uh, I I would say to you, sir, talking to Jefferson Shreve, a Republican candidate uh, for mayor in Indianapolis, Shreve, S-H-R-E-V-E, Shreve for mayor dot com, that I know your story. 
And uh, the people I speak to talk about the fact that you do have talent. That's what made this whole thing about uh, your firearms plan so problematic because that didn't seem like you were leading the charge. That seems like you were listening to some other people leading a charge. And my advice, and to the extent that I give advice, is stop listening to those people. But one of the things that when we talk about how this, this race is shaping up, there seem to be subjects, you know, we talk about safety first as, as the subject, and you have a section about infrastructure and a section about vision, and certainly a vision for the city we'll have to get into another time. But I find it interesting that you have a, a topic, the topic of abortion on your website. Sir, why is a mayoral candidate in Indianapolis talking about abortion? Because the opposing side is making a nationalized issue out of something that's just got nothing to do with the job of running the city of Indianapolis. And so I'll respond to it because it's just a crap side of politicking from uh, an opposing candidate that's got nothing else to run on. So that Joe Hogsett has made abortion a, a front and center subject you you responded what is what does the response say it's a video uh that you have it's only 54 seconds long uh in in 54 seconds what does it say it says look you know my opponent's making an issue out of something that's got nothing to do with the job that i'm applying for you're running the city of indianapolis there's nothing to do with abortion policy and i've said I wouldn't utilize any city resources in the pursuit of uh, 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 prosecuting abortion policy. That's not the job that I'm applying for. That is another another set of jobs for other people and not for this candidate for mayor. We've got big issues to challenge this mayor. My my, my plate and our public safety director's plate and our DPW plate is going to be really full with the stuff that a mayor can do and fix and change, and abortion policy isn't it. Uh, before before I let you go, I still have about a, a minute, sir. Um, we know the the public safety conversation is is a big part uh, of it. Um, what's number two? If the, well, if the safety said, conversation number one, what's number people, two? Uh, Tony, when you said I was listening to other people, I've said from the, the out no, that I want to support our police, and some of the people I'm listening to were Superintendent Doug Carter and our police chief, who uh, oppose the uh, the repeal of the permitting requirements. And so, I mean, that's what—that's where some of that comes from. I mean, I don't think pulling a permit for concealed carry was too arduous. I mean, we had that in place for decades and decades and decades. And so I am listening to other people. And I don't know how you can lead if you don't listen. Two ears, one mouth. And that's the way I will manage as mayor. I what think the argument would be, sir. Tony, uh, you've got to you've got to solve the foundational challenge of public safety so I can then focus our city on growing it, on economic development. I mean, that's the part of the job that I think I can really help our city with and will enjoy leading. But if this city doesn't feel safe for people to lay their head in, to wake up into and to to, to go about business in, it's hard to develop this city. But number two, I, I don't disagree, sir. I don't disagree uh, that uh, the, the safety matters. I don't believe that the violation of Second Amendment rights gets us there. And while Doug Carter, the superintendent of the Indiana State Police, is a very, very good man, he is simply wrong uh, on this. You have to now accept the fact that people are pushing back on you on this subject. And I just for for this topic. Um, I, 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 you must realize that damage has been done and that damage has to be made up 
for somehow in this race. You see that, right? I'm listening. His name is Jefferson Shreve uh, right there. Shreve for mayor. Be sure to check it out. S-H-R-E-V-E. Shreve for mayor.com. I hope this is the first of many conversations, sir. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to uh, be, be with us. And on the abortion topic, I actually could not agree more. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. I'm already getting texts and tweets about the interview with Jefferson Shreve. I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you. Um, uh, Dow futures up 77. Wow, up 77. NASDAQ futures up 121. And maybe it's because GM Smucker, we're talking about the jelly people, people. GM Smucker is going to buy Hostess brands for $5.6 billion. That's a lot of Twinkies. Holy crap. I'm going to need that uh, uh, Kylan Kylan's in today for producer Jonathan, who just got married over the weekend. A little something for producer Jonathan. Everybody, I believe, from what I know, said yes. That's what that's what happened right there. So miles of stuff to him. I'm going to need uh, Winston from uh, from uh, uh, Ghostbusters saying uh, that, that, that's a big Twinkie. I'm going to need that. If you can send that to me, that'd be great. Um it's interesting. They're going to pay $5.6 billion, $34.25 a share. As, as uh, CNBC puts it, Hostess saw demand for Twinkie slip after raising prices. That engaged some investor concerns and the possibility of takeovers. Like, ooh, maybe things aren't so great with Hostess. That's crazy town. I mean, just in just that in this market that there's that level, of, you know, that level of buy. Um, I don't know exactly how much uh, money or how much cash on hand Smuckers has, but maybe this is actually the start of something. Maybe this is the start of um, these opportunities where people who have cash, the market is rough, prices are higher, inflation is real, and it's a chance for them to build market share. And some people are like, you know what? Now's the time for us to walk away. $5.6 billion. It, it only takes 5.8, and Matt Barrow will never do traffic again. $5.8 billion, Matt Barrow's done with traffic. Also, $5.8 billion, Matt Barrow's done with working out. He, w- he won't do traffic and he won't be chiseled. You give him $5.8 billion, he will just sit on your front porch and be a giant slob. And, and with, with, with joy. With joy. And all day he'll just look at his bank account and go, tee-hee-hee-hee, and eat Twinkies. That's it. By the way, that is the dream, isn't it? That's the whole dream. There's nothing else. There's nothing that comes close. Uh, that's a fascinating, fascinating buy. Wasn't expecting that at all. And it's Twinkies. It'll, it'll never go bad. By 8.47 a.m., NYPD and the New York City Fire Department 
had already started sending units to the World Trade Center. The evacuation of the North Tower had begun. We forget oftentimes that the response wasn't just brave. It was to the minute. The plane hit at 8.46, the first plane. The response was already a minute later in their vehicles, ready to go, not knowing what they would see next. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning, the 22nd anniversary of September 11th. I uh, I have discussed often over, over the years that I lived in D.C. at the time and was at work at the time. I was a restaurant manager at the Hard Rock Cafe uh, downtown. Um, and how being there at, was it 10th and E? Uh, so the capital was it ninth and E was it tenth and E? Uh, the, yeah, it was ninth and E, right? So so the capital was nine blocks away, and the White House was seven blocks away. It was right in the middle. And how I every day, nearly every day, recognize that if Flight ninety three doesn't have a group of people on it that say let's roll after hearing from friends and they're contacting people at the plane been hijacked and they heard about what happened in New York and they decided to try and retake the plane, that if that plane does not crash in Pennsylvania, that plane very well can crash on me. The White House is a hard target. It's smaller than the OEOB next to it and the buildings on the other side. It's hard to come in at... It's very easy to skip it and say, aim for the Capitol. It's very easy to have crashed anywhere in between. Those people saved my life. I believe that then. I believe it now. It was 8.50 a.m. as we come up to it right now. When the White House Chief of Staff, Andrew Card, whispered into President Bush's ear that a plane had hit the World Trade Center, he's at that elementary school. He's... He's reading to those kids. That was now, this minute, 22 years ago. It would be 13 minutes from right now that United Airlines Flight 175, after being hijacked, was crashed into the South Tower. This is the TikTok. This is what happened. And it is um, imperative that we share, as we've been sharing some of the audio this morning, as I will on Tony Katz today, uh, starting at noon. It is imperative. Doesn't matter if you want to. I, I said to you earlier, I mean every bit of it. I didn't want to. I don't know. I've been thinking about this for the past month. And, and this is just something I didn't want to do the thing that I have done. But that's not what's important that I wanted to or didn't want to. This happened. We were attacked. And it wasn't chickens coming home to roost. And it wasn't some people did something. It is about a fundamental view of how you see the world and how you see your enemies. And yes, it is us or them. And they have made that quite clear. So what option was there except to remember September 11th?
And and this especially comes up with uh, Joe Biden not being in New York or D.C. He was in Vietnam, and now he's going to stop in Alaska and commemorate. And yes, people like uh, Peter Ducey bring up a solid point. He didn't have to be in Vietnam. They could have scheduled this any time. They could have moved things around. That's that's true. That, that's very true. But I don't know if I'm as bothered as others by Biden being in Alaska as opposed to New York or D.C. Now, if somebody like Trump or a Republican were not in New York or D.C., of course, the news media would make a lot of hay out of it. I don't believe because I was in D.C. on September 11th that somehow it means something more to me than it does to you if you were in Indianapolis on September 11th. Wondering throughout the day whether or not you were going to be next. Wondering what was happening because you couldn't see it. Your Your only visuals were what you saw on TV, and that's true of so many people. How did one explain that? I don't believe uh, somehow I have, I, I may have had a different experience, but I don't believe for a second I have more of a feeling. Now, maybe somebody who escaped the towers or lived through the Pentagon does. I can't speak for them. I can only speak for me. Um, I think we're in this together. And I think we need to share this together. And I think we need to move forward together. And remember what happened. Thus, we're discussing it today, and we will, every single September 11th, without fail. Because it doesn't matter if you want to. You have to.